Welcome in. It's the Holy Grail BCJ podcast right here on BearcatJournal.com. I'm Chad Brendel. He's Rachel Simone or David Simone. Sorry. What's going on, brother? You know, just uh, getting ready for this uh, glorious Father's Day weekend. Kind of started a, I'm not kind of, full on started a diet, if you will. Working that sounds out. awful. Yeah, I'm drinking my lunch and it's not beers. So you can imagine how awful it is. Bourbon? No, I don't like bourbon. What? Um, yeah. Um, but no, not any drink, not drinking anything fun, that's for sure. Oh, like green juice? That sounds no, terrible. Uh like smoothies. Yeah. Well, smoothies are okay. Yeah, but every day is <laughs> do you are you mixing it up do you have the same smoothie every day no i've been mixing it up all right well that's not too bad then well let's uh let's get to it uh, we don't like we don't have a tongue we did we did a two-hour bbp on monday yeah it took me like five hours to listen to people <laughs> it's a long it was a it was a lengthy mailbag segment on the bbp this week so uh i I don't have a ton to get to, uh, but I'm on vacation next week, so I don't know like what the the podcasting uh, network is going to look like next week. So we'll we'll see how that goes. Um, so I wanted to get one in tonight before I head off to the mountains of Asheville to. Uh, eat biscuit head and disappear from the world for six days because it's been a long spring and summer Dave. It's long winter, long spring, long summer. It's been a long time. <laughs> yeah. I need a break. Kelly said me too. And she definitely needs a break more than I do. Problem is she probably needs a break from me. That's not going to happen this week. So <clears throat> let's, uh, let's get down to business. Um, anything you want to talk about this week? Anything on Dave's plate that he wants to discuss? Uh, sure. We can talk about this, uh, 2023 four-star quarterback that camped today and got an offer. Okay. Mac Howard. Where's he from? I didn't get to camp today. I was unfortunately on radio. Columbus, Mississippi. Oh, and then they had another quarterback camping today. From 2022, Joe Humphreys from uh, Owensboro, Kentucky, who uh, Gino worked out earlier this month for an individual workout. They invited him up to camp today. That goes along with uh, A.J. Simpkins, uh, 6'3", 212 pounds from Christ School in uh, Arden, North Carolina, who camped on Tuesday. So that tells me that things are... uh, not where they want them to be with Luther, Luther Richardson at the point at this specific point in time, which the Richardson thing has been really odd, Dave. Got to keep your options open. Yeah. He's keeping his options open. So, so are Cincinnati. The problem um, yeah. is, the problem is I don't, he doesn't seem to have any real other options. I, I'm really confused by the whole Luther Richardson thing. Like uh, he's, He's all in on the Elite 11. He made the Elite 11 finals, which is confusing because there's 30 players. There's 30 quarterbacks that make the Elite 11 finals 
Uh, I don't know how it's an elite 11 if there's 30. It never, <laughs> used to, it never used to be that way. So that's what I was confused talking to you the other day. Like you had all these satellite camps, qualifiers, qualifiers, so to speak. And then 11 guys went to California, hence elite 11. Yeah. Now it's elite 30. Uh, but he's, he's waiting to see what comes of that. As he he makes the elite eleven finals, so in the meantime, like you know how Luke Fickle is. If you're not if you're not in, I'm not saying Luther Richardson's out, but they're gonna start. They're gonna keep looking. They're yeah. gonna wait to find their guy. I didn't get to see Humphreys today. I haven't had a chance to uh, to make any calls on camp yet today. Before we got to this, because the staff was still on campus, busy. Uh, camp didn't end until seven. We're recording at like eight fifteen. So I haven't had a chance to make calls on Humphreys today. I will make those calls when we get done with this tonight. And uh, if I get anything good, I'll put it on the board. But I really liked what I saw from Simpkins. Good size kid, legit 6'2", 6'3", 210 pounds, and had a big arm, but also an arm that showed some touch. So uh, I liked what I saw from him. Um, Humphreys, I'm not sure. I mean, he, he looks like, again, another – Similarly sized kid, looks a little thinner. 6'2", 190 is where he's listed. Um, but, you know, it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see how this 2022 quarterback race plays out. They did a, they did have, apparently have another camper today that decided he wanted to come down and camp before his official visit started tomorrow, and that was uh, Big Derek Shepard. So nice. he camped today as well. I like the guys that want to come down and camp. I really, I mean, it really says something to me. Like you don't have to do that. I would feel like a lot of dudes just like, they haven't been on the field. They haven't been in front of these coaches. Like I would think a bunch of them would want to just do that. So they could be seen an extra day to meet people. Like, you know, you're, you're you're already committed. You're not like trying to earn anything. They're not going to, take your scholarship away based on a camp well, performance. Especially not Stephen Bird and Derek Shepard. <laughs> right. Those, those are not fringe guys. So, yeah. So, yeah. I, I mean, I, I just, I don't know. Not a lot of guys do it. There's a lot of guys that, that, that just, even in this process, where things are at, they, they haven't camped at all. They just, they want to go on unofficial visits and, check out campuses, but they don't want to do the, the work part, which is, you know, it turns me off a little bit on kids. It, 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 I want kids and this, this program, especially under Luke Fickle is built on what Dave kids that want to compete. Do you For want sure. to compete or do you not? So I like seeing Shep show up today and, uh, and work out for the staff. Um, you want to just uh, kind of run down the uncommitted guys visiting this weekend, give a little just kind of our thoughts on where we yeah. think things might stand. You know, this is obviously the biggest weekend. I mean, they might still have guys come next weekend, but this is the big one, right? Now, last weekend, a lot of a lot of the most of those guys were committed, there were a couple uncommitted guys, uh, but ultimately, like last weekend was not nearly the the showcase that you're going to have on campus 
you know, coming up this weekend. So Sounds like everything uh, went very, very well last weekend. I think, you know, with, with having, we always say a limited number of spots and then it becomes something different. But as of right now, I feel like they're probably going to be super, super selective. Yeah. And these are the guys, you know, dying to commit that they really, really want. That must not have been, you know, guys are going to might take their time too. Now that they're able to go places, you know, and I don't blame them. You you haven't been able to see anywhere for a year and a half. I don't know if I'd advise a kid to commit on the first visit he goes on. No. Now some of these kids have already taken others. Um, and most of them at some point have been on somebody else's campus over the previous 16 days since things, you know, opened back up, but quite a few of them, Cincinnati's getting the first crack at a, at an official visit. We'll start Brian Parker, uh, listed at six, five, two sixty five from St. X. Um, I know Cincinnati's looking at him as kind of a, a guy that can bounce around, play a lot of different spots. He plays center at St. X. My guess is you're, you're probably looking at him. He's in that or in that size range that we've seen them bring in, you know, centers and guards. Um, I think you're probably, and you know, talking to uh, some people around the program and from what we've heard from Brady when he's on the BBP. I don't know. Jake Renfro is here for four years. Might not. <laughs> So you're going to need at some point in time to get a center into this, this pipeline, right? Because even if he yeah. is here for four years, the kid comes in, that would be Renfro. His freshman year would be Renfro's junior year. You sit for a redshirt year, and then your redshirt freshman year, Renfro's a senior. You're ready to go by your sophomore year. Like For an offensive lineman, that's pretty reasonable for a timeline. You're going to need to get somebody in here in this class, I think, that that you feel like, especially because they've cycled through a lot of those guys, and it doesn't seem like they feel overly comfortable that they have, like, a high-level center yet that's ready to go behind Renfro. Right. So he's, so I think he's that's been important. doing a little North Carolina tour. He hit up North Carolina yesterday or two days ago, Duke and ECU today, got a Duke offer today, or yesterday, I'm sorry, ECU and Duke yesterday, North Carolina two days ago, and then his official visit at UC this weekend, official at Louisville last weekend, and Pitt the weekend before. So he's, you'd think you he's would getting think he's close. Getting winding down, yeah, you would think. So kind of just a matter of, do you want to stay close to home? Do you want to go to a middling ACC program? Yep. Uh, Next on the list, JQ Hardaway. I have him right now as the number one guy on my board for the 2022 class. You are going to have to replace Ahmad Gardner, right? Like he's leaving. He's he's not coming back. Unless something crazy happens. Are you sure? Unless somebody holds him at gunpoint. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's going to have his name in the NFL draft at the end of the season. I would venture to guess that is a safe bet to make. 
So would I. You've got to get somebody in here ready to go. I mean, even even if, let's say, hypothetically, like Jaquan Shepard's ready to replace Sauce from Sauce Leaves. You can never have too many corners, and you can never have too many corners that are 6'3", 185 as high school kids, right? Sauce was 6'2", 6'3". He's like 150 pounds when he came out of high school. Hardaway's right there, hovering in that four-star range. He's a top 500 recruit nationally. I, he just is a kid I, I really think this class needs on the outside, solidifying that they're going to have, they're going to continue to have a pipeline of corners. I, I think the, you know, I, I think Hardaway really, from what I know, really, really likes Cincinnati. Um, I think the biggest thing here is something you are, you always see when you recruit these kids from the South, mama wants them to stay in the South and, you know, Cincinnati is probably what, eight, nine hours away from yeah. where JQ Hardaway lives. If he's got options in the SEC, which he has options in the SEC, uh, you know, it, it, it's going to be a battle to try to land a kid the quality of JQ Hardaway out of that area. Uh, but this is their chance. I know JQ Hardaway really likes Cincinnati. He really likes Perry Eliano. This is going to be one you got to sum up. Yep. He uh, looks like he was at Auburn today for a seven on seven deal. Official that Florida State last weekend has been to Georgia. Um, you know, could be one of those things right now, though. You just never know how these, the quote unquote, bigger top, top tier programs are recruiting right now. Like, I bet they're going to be super, super selective too, because like, this is the fewest amount of kids that have been committed in through June that we've ever, ever seen. Ever, yeah. Like it's half the number I saw than where it was even last year during the pandemic. It's like three hundred. Was crazy though. Everybody three hundred something early. kids have been are committed right now versus like six hundred and something. And I think that maybe like a power. Yeah, I don't know if that's all Division One. I'm, but it's like these kids just aren't committing right now. Right. And so is that because the kids are wanting to see a bunch of schools? Probably so. But is it also because the schools want to see a bunch of kids before they just take some kids commitment? Right. I mean, I've, I've already heard a lot this summer, Dave, just in June from, from different places you see included where, you know, they got a kid on campus and, and we'll talk there. There's one kid in specific that we'll talk about on this list here in a little bit where they weren't sure based on the tape. And then they get to see the kid in person and, then, and, and you get to make your evaluation, like you finally get to make your evaluation, but there's, there's a list of kids that these coaches have been waiting to see. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it works. It works both ways. You might have a questions about a kid and then he answers them, or you might really, really like a kid and then you get him on campus and around other people when he's been fine talking to you one-on-one or whatever, and then you get a bad vibe or something, or he's two inches shorter than you thought he was, or he's got attitude with like, he, you know, doesn't take coaching. He's standoffish with 
other dude. I mean, just it could be a myriad of things. But like, you know, JQ's getting a ton of attention from, you know, he's going on these visits. They're obviously interested or they wouldn't even allow them to, they're not just going to like bring people on campus right. for the heck of it. But these offers are out there and he's not committing. So is it, is it his interest? Is it their interest? Like, you know, maybe they're not, you know, the term that gets thrown around a bunch committable offers. But there are very few kids that go on official visits. The kick, right. Offers aren't committable. For sure. Because official visits aren't cheap, right? Let's, uh, I don't care. You only only get X amount. And with not having had any last year, not having any, you want to use them very, very wisely. Like you're, it's not like you get extras because you couldn't do it last year. Right. I mean, look, you're talking about airfare for a kid and his parents, hotel for a kid and their parents, a couple dinners, a couple lunches, a couple breakfasts, entertainment, like, you know, the UC kids went to Top Golf last week, as we talked about. Like, none of this stuff is cheap. You're not just bringing a kid on an official visit because you think you might like it. Right. Or at least very rarely is that happening. Let's say that. So, yeah, I, J.Q. Hardaway's visit's a big one. I agree. Let's move on to a pair of teammates from Leesburg, Georgia, Lee County. Out in the middle of nowhere in Georgia. Tight end, Tyrus Washington. Another high three-star, 562 nationally, number 30 tight end, number 57 player in Georgia. That's how crazy Georgia is, by the way. And yeah. 87.38 is the 57th best player in the state. Well, yeah, and <laughs> a, kid, a kid with roughly half the SEC has offered him. Right. And his teammate, Quayshon, I think that's what it is, Quayshon. Quayshon, Quayshon. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's a four-star. He's an 89.5 in the composite. He is 30th in the state. It's it's insane the amount of talent coming out of Georgia right now. Um, He's three twenty eighth nationally, so there's twenty nine guys just from Georgia ranked higher than him nationally. Yeah, in the top three twenty five, twenty nine guys. Um, Washington six four two thirty tight end. Well, here, here's Sat- another one too. He has basically the same composite score as Derek Shepard. Derek Shepard's is point zero seven higher. He's the twelfth ranked player in Ohio. It's crazy. It's crazy how deep and talented Georgia is right now. Uh, Sap is 6'5", 320. These are Gino Gadouli guys. Obviously, uh, Mike Denbrock is involved with Tyrus Washington. Ron Crook involved with Quayshon Sap uh, as their position guys. These are big swings, right? You've got Arkansas is the leader in the uh, crystal ball for Washington. Florida State, the leader in the crystal ball for SAP. Both of these guys would be like uh, <laughs> home runs, to, to, to put it mildly. Uh, they'd be like upper deck, bat, Chinese, bat, league, yeah. Japanese league, bat flip, like insane pulls. Uh, Washington is... He's definitely in the mold of what Dan Brock is now looking for, being spoiled rotten. With a little smaller at 6'4", 
than some yeah, of those but, guys, but he's an athletic freak. But still, like, he's not your just like run of the mill tight, you know, tight end. He's a he's a dude. Um, and he's yes. been you know, he's been, seems to have been pretty quiet through the whole whole process. Sap has been a Florida State lean forever. But, it, you know, so I mean, he did have that. He did comment several months ago that he was most excited to get to Cincinnati. He's clearly developed a good relationship. Uh, if, he's, if he's willing to take the trip up here, check everything out. Again, I mean, frankly, I'd be stunned if they got either of them. But yeah, getting these guys on campus is the whole – whole goal really um showing them the new apartments talking to them about the tight you know in washington's case the success of the tight end position success of denbrock coaching tight ends even you know back to notre dame for sap you're probably talking about opportunity to to step right in and and compete for a starting spot where that's probably not the case at some of the other places he might go. Um, you know, you you need, and this next year I think is huge and we might get into this a little bit. I do want to touch on, like talk a little bit more on the playoff thing, but like these kids want to see, I think first and foremost, above anything else, can you get me to the NFL? Of course. And that's why next year, this year slash is so important because UC could legit put like three guys in the first, first two rounds. I'll, I'll say conservatively. Um, I think you can conservatively say four, four are in play for the first two days. Yeah. I'm just talking like first two rounds for sure. And like, that's what these kids want to see, especially a kid like that. Like, yeah, I like all you guys, you know, you're, but like, you don't put anybody in the league. Or at least high. Right. Where I can go to Georgia, I can go to Florida State, and I know if I play well, I'm getting drafted. Like, bar none, get, I'm getting drafted. Now, how high I get drafted, that's up to me. But, like, these these programs just they, – they have a track record. And UC needs to, you know, partly not any real fault of their own, but they just have to build that track record because that's how you – that's how you can get a kid – from Lee County, Georgia. Right. When he likes everything you got going on, but then you can also point and be like, look, the last four years we've put as many guys into the league or close to as many guys into the league as the other schools that you're talking to. Yep. That's the next step. Like in terms of, you know, now in recruiting, you've got the the 12-team playoff proposal to sell so you've got opportunity to sell now you need to sell look not only are we a team that wins but we're a team that turns out guys like big time guys and uh they do have a chance to do that this year so that'll be big uh for those two but yeah safe to say that's going to be quite the challenge uh the one name i didn't know a lot about Oh, this is the first time I even heard of him when, when you put this out. Yeah. 
It's a new name for me as well. Tajay Brody. I'm going to guess that's how yeah. it's pronounced. Tajay. 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 Uh, 6'3", 235, out of Middletown, Pennsylvania. When I first looked it up, I was like, Middletown? How do I not? I think I've heard of this kid from Middletown. Middletown, <laughs> Pennsylvania. Not Middletown, Ohio. Uh, number 20 player in Pennsylvania, number 20 or 48 tight end nationally. Uh, I do think this is a case of a kid the staff likes uh, and they want to get him down here and, and get a feel for the kid, get a feel for where his recruitment's at. Uh, I'm guessing you're looking at it. Who else is involved here? Sorry, I was looking at a very funny tweet okay. uh, about food. Would you like me to share it? Uh, yeah, but we're trying to we're trying to be serious here. Oh, yeah. Well, since, <laughs> since when? Never. Uh, let's see. I mean, read it. He does. What happened? Oh, the, the tweet? Yeah. Oh, so this guy's tweeting from a Waffle House in uh, Mississippi. His punishment for losing his fantasy football league was that he has to spend twenty four hours in the Waffle House. And every waffle he eats shaves an hour off the clock. And the and the thread is him basically live live tweeting, eating waffles, how many hours he has left, how he's feeling. Awful. <laughs> an hour and ten minutes into it, two more waffles and one human who is dead on the inside. <laughs> Just eating how many? Waffles. How many did he eat? Uh, he's on waffle number five as of an hour ago. How many waffles do you think you could eat, Dave? Uh, I mean, I do like Waffle House. Yeah. I will say that. Um, I mean, if I'm trying to get out of there and shave off some time, they're not very big. I mean, they're they're a thinner. Oh, waffle. that's what I was thinking. They're not like like a monster waffle. They're, they're... Um, and I'm I'm definitely more of a consumption eater than a speed eater. So, I mean, I'm pretty sure I could shave off about eight to ten hours. I w- I think I'd probably be in the five to six range. Like I don't eat a lot of, but in twenty four hours, like you're gonna get hungry every what three four hours. I would think. A waffle an hour. In eight hours. That's a lot. A waffle an hour? I don't know. I mean. I would guess it sits pretty heavy on your stomach. Yeah, but I would eat some other stuff to help clear out some space, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) It's a lot of time in a Waffle House bathroom you're going to be spending, sir. Hey, if you're going to be there 24 hours, you may as well make yourself comfortable. Okay. Okay. Uh, But back to recruiting. Tajay Brody. His profile's kind of like dead since February. Minnesota offered in February. No visits. Uh, no, no talk of visits. He did visit Pitt, uh, according to his Twitter, uh, June thirteenth ish. That's when he posted about it. He went to. He competed at a camp at Penn State at the beginning of June, but it doesn't. Seem like either one of those offered, unless they already had. Uh, no, he's we're, we're playing catch up on this one. This yeah, was a I mean, completely he's showing offers from Minnesota, Syracuse, Virginia Tech, West Virginia, 
UC, Coastal Carolina, and then pretty much all the MAC. So, I think this is the case of one that they like. They want to get to know because they definitely want a tight end in this class. Oh, for sure. And if it's not Washington, they're still looking to find one. I mean, it's not Max Claire. He committed to Duke. Yeah. We don't think it'll be the kid Washington. from Lakota. Oh no, it's not going to be. I don't think that's happening. So yeah, you're, you're looking. As far as we we know, we're looking at Washington or Brody right now. <laughs> Yeah, but we didn't know anything last year when uh, Shaman Mateo no, committed. That's we had never sure. heard his name. That's for sure. Denbrock did a hell of a job keeping that one as off the radar as humanly possible because he committed literally out of nowhere. Yeah. While like while we were getting ready for a game at Nippert Stadium. And I looked at Denbrock and said, what? a heads up would be nice. He said, we, we couldn't tell anybody about this one. <laughs> <laughs> So he's always going to have something up his sleeve. And they've had a lot of, a lot of tight ends working out through uh, the camps the past couple weeks. Today was the last one. Um, I just don't think they've, they've had anybody that they really fell in love with. Right. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, let's get to the interesting one. Ken Willis. 5'11", 160. God. Oh, my God. I hate our embedded videos that automatically start playing. <laughs> uh, Willis is it has an 85 rating on 24-7. That's like uh, brand that, new, right? Uh, no, he's had the 85 from 24-7. What's new is, I guess, the rivals oh, uh, okay. got added in so that he'd have a composite. Mm. Rivals has him as a two-star, so it bumped him down to an 83. Okay. Uh, so great job. Way to go, Rivals. But he's well, an 85 on 24-7. I, I mean, I, they've probably I know, I never just, seen the kid. Well, then don't rate him at all if you've never seen him. Yeah. Um, 5'11", 160. He ran a 4-3-3 and a 4-3-4. A 4-3-3 and a 4-4-3 at camp on Tuesday. So he's probably closer to the 4-4. That read the 4-4 range, which for I, I, my guess looking at him is he's probably a, a nickel guy, he's an a inside guy. guy. For sure. Um, but he was, I mean, he, I don't think he could like, I don't remember. It wasn't too long ago, Dave, that UC's outside guys used to be five, nine, five, ten. Oh, I'm not like, I'm just saying from, from a, just, yeah. Yeah. He's in slot guy. Um, the biggest question, obviously coming out of Colerain, Colerain plays pretty much exclusively zone defense outside. So the kid doesn't have any tape playing man to man. Uh, they got him at camp. Coach Eliano had a chance to work him out. He got an offer immediately after camp and then uh, instantly set up an official visit for this weekend. I think you know like what that all means, right? Like where this is trending in one direction. Yeah, because he went to West, West Virginia, Virginia, loved it, but now has the UC offer, got the – is coming to visit this weekend – Slam the door, like make it happen. He was one of the one one of the. There's you know sometimes there's kids you just hear if if you see goes on him that you know it's not going to be a long process. <laughs> Excuse me. Right. And uh, you see, you see, has has made the push. So we'll see how this goes. If we get, I'll be. 
I don't want to say shocked. I'll be a bit surprised if we get to like Tuesday and something hasn't happened. Now that doesn't necessarily mean something being announced, but you know, usually these things happen uh, behind the scenes before they happen in front of the curtain. Right. But I, I would be, I, I think something would happen with Ken Willis uh, by the weekend. And that, look, this program has been built on guys that want to play here. And I think it's good to go out and, and grab you a local guy from Colerain. The local class in 2022 has not been uh, an easy an easy nut for UC to crack. No. I think it's a good idea to go get one of those local guys that wants to be here. I think you would agree. I would definitely. What are you doing? Can you, can, Dave, hello. What? I'm right here. <laughs> you're reading tweets. I'm talking to you and you're just. Yeah, I'm, I'm here. <laughs> uh, next up, Jacob Bostic, 6'3", 170. Uh, another kid, 86.88 uh, in the composite. Number eight player in Illinois. They are trying to dip back into that Illinois well for outside wide receivers. Uh, he will be here uh, with a fellow Illinois native, Ian Pugh. That's, yeah, that's, that's going to be it's interesting that they're both kind of, I don't want to call them the same player, but like they're very, similar. they're very, very similar. So, and we, and Pugh kind of, was flirted, you know, Pugh been rumbling Illinois that, and yeah. Iowa. Not sure the the strength of his commitment as of now. Illinois and Iowa are making a a strong push for him. Our Iowa site thinks he's like a, a gone to Iowa any day. Who wouldn't want to play a wide receiver in that offense? <laughs> right. They've been talking about it for like four months that that EMP is a foregone conclusion to Iowa, uh, and I keep checking, and EMP is telling Cincinnati the right things. Yeah. So, so yeah, he's Bostic saying he's not has going an official visit scheduled to Iowa as well in a couple that, of weeks. Um, or next week, I guess. Would yeah, next week. It was just at Illinois this past weekend. Uh, they're the same kid. Yeah. They're literally the same kid. They're both scheduled to visit Iowa the same weekend too. So did they both visit Illinois last weekend? I don't think so. I don't think Pew was at Illinois last weekend, but let me. Uh, no, he, if he was at Illinois the first week, you could be there. Okay. The fourth. But other than that, they're the same person. <laughs> they're literally going on the, maybe they're doing all this together. One's 86, eight, eight, one's 86, three, three. Almost identical sizes, 6'3", 170, 6'4", 170. Same visit schedule. Wild. Um, Landon Livingston, next on the list, 6'4", 280. He's, he's and, blown up. Yeah, he had a, has a recent crystal ball to West Virginia. He was just there uh, this past weekend. Yeah. Number 12 player from in the state of Indiana, 85.77 is his composite ranking. Uh, he looks like an interior guy, 6'4", 280, right in that range, like we talked about, that they've been that, that their interior guys have been of late. Um, they've been on him for a long time, but he's he's definitely blown up. He's been to, like you said, West Virginia. Uh, he was at Indiana. 
earlier in this month for an official going back to Indiana for an official right after his UC visit and then another Iowa kid the weekend of the 25th. He just, he, I don't know why, but I just feel like he's got this idea of big school, big school mind. Yeah. But we'll see. Moving on, Caleb Perry. It's like this one's a little surprising to me because I don't know, like, do they need another linebacker? I mean, or we do they see this kid he, as a rusher? I kind of thought he might have committed months ago. Yeah. 6'4, 215. Um, he's an 85, another 8577. Number a, seven player is he in the state Darian of Kentucky. Maybe. I mean, he's got he's got the 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 height at right in that six four six five range. Um, I mean, it's hard to project what guy's gonna, you know, go up to two sixty and still be uh, an athletic freak. So that'll be that'll be a bit interesting. He camped um, at Tennessee at the beginning of the month and got an offer. Physically, I mean, six four two fifteen for a high schooler is a good looking kid. Yeah. You think maybe you could see him as like a rush end, like long term? I mean, they're I, looking I, for length and, and guys. I kind of see him as a, as a. I don't. I kind of see him as a strong side or middle linebacker. Okay. If you're going to play a three-three-five. Yeah. Or a strong side in a in a four-three. Yeah. Um, Because, like, you got to figure 6'4, maybe he gets to 6'5, 215. That can be 245 in six months. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, he's got the neck for a linebacker. I think there's a lot of versatility and there's just a lot of, like, probably intrigue just to see him, get your eyes on him. Um, Ask him, like, see him around other dudes. Like, what do you really want to do? Um, right. You know, but he's definitely one they've had interest in for a, a long time. Yeah. Two more to go. Uh, Patrick Body Jr., 6'1", 183, corner out of Monroeville, Pennsylvania. They have, they're hitting Pennsylvania. That's the, uh, the Coach Hitch. Coach that's Hitch. A big, that's a big Monroeville gateway is like a, a, Big time, big time high school program in Pennsylvania. You're seeing a lot more Pennsylvania now that that Hitchler is uh, moving up the the chain. And I think doesn't doesn't Eliano have a little bit of ties to Pittsburgh or like Pennsylvania as well? I think I'm not not entirely sure on that. I'm not positive. I know Hitchler's like the the guy there. Um, number 22 player in Pennsylvania. Another one of those corners with you know size, length that they're they're looking for. I was joking with with Eliano about that on Tuesday. Uh, I, I said you're kind of like now you're in a situation where you're like Denbrock, where Denbrock now if he's not if the guy's not six five six six, Denbrock's like eh, I don't know, probably find somebody else. He's fine. Yeah, Eliano's like if you're not six one in corner, Eliano's looking at him like I don't I don't know, maybe he can play safety, <laughs> maybe we can put him on the back end. Right, but I want my, I, you know, I'm spoiled. I want my corners at least six one and long. It's paid dividends. Yeah, it's been a, a uh, 
it's been a wise decision. I mean, he's a quiet dude. He released a top five back towards the end of May, and he hasn't really said anything, anything since. since. Yeah. Um, you know, he's got kind of that top five. I think he went to pit the first weekend, but like that's only from an article. Like they don't actually, we 24 7 didn't actually update like his timeline to say that he officially visited pit. I mean, he's got nothing. The last note is from February, an Illinois offer. So this one's Cincinnati, Illinois, pit Rutgers, West Virginia. So I would I mean, being that he's been pretty quiet, um, you know, he talked to Brian Doan at the beginning of the month about his top five, said it was pretty easy to get to the top five, he hasn't been to any of the schools. Um, he knows, said he knows more about UC and Pitt than anybody else because Pitt's, you know, 30 minutes away. Right. Um, but – other than that, there's not much out there. Makes me think that if they really push, they could maybe get this thing done. You know, you yeah, he's going to be an interesting one. Been he, to pit he, several times since you've been yeah, allowed to be. And, you know, and it hasn't happened yet. They've been probably calling him all the time. Hey, man, why don't you come swing by? Right. If they, you know, so yeah. Finally, Marcus Peterson, Lake City, Florida. 6'2", 197, wide receiver. Again, 85-77. That's like the, the sweet spot for this class, 85-77. Yeah. He's blown uh, up, too. Yeah, number 101 player in Florida. He's got a crystal ball to pit. He's he's going to be a tough one at this point in time. He's had, a, he's had a good month of June, right? Yeah, he's been to UCF. Officialed there last weekend, officialed to pit the fourth. Uh, went to Florida State. Earned an offer from them, um, so he seemed to really, really like Pitt. But you know, we shall see. But yeah, he's a he's in that uh, bigger-bodied outside receiver. Probably not a speed guy. I think more of a you know, not. I don't want to say possession. But he's not your vertical threat guy. I mean, I think those guys are Bostic and Pew. Yeah. And he's your 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 bigger possession. Um, mm-hmm. More of a field guy than a boundary guy. Yeah. So that's it. I I I, I said this kind of half joking, but he's I mean, this dude's got Miami, Florida, Arkansas, Georgia. Now, some of these might not be anything anymore. Iowa State, Kentucky, Louisville, LSU, Maryland, Ole Miss, Penn State, Tennessee, South Carolina. Like, he certainly drew the attention. Now, we see where what the attention really is once these guys go and visit. So, he's going to UC, Central Florida, Pitt, stuff like that. So, that's probably where his recruiting really is. Yeah. But it, it, to – on the positive side, he is a guy that is seeing his recruitment expand or not expand, but seeing his interests kind of go up as, you know, the, the month of June plays out and, and people are actually getting to see him. So for me, that's a good sign. Well, uh, that, that kids trending up. Will Fong's put in a crystal ball for Brian Parker to Duke. 
that just happened? Yes. I was going to say, that was not on my uh, my screen a few yes. minutes ago. So It is now. <laughs> gonna have gonna have to work hard for that one. That one's look, it's it's a Duke education. Yeah, you, can, the, play, you can play for for David Cutcliffe for one more year. Yeah, and then fired, and then enter the transfer <laughs> portal. Yeah. Uh, so so that would you say, Dave, the most talented top to bottom official visit weekend in program history? It's pretty good. Every I mean, kid is at least. I well, feel except, like except there was one that we that we that was pretty wild a couple of years ago that had like one December several forced like I don't know if it was an official visit weekend or if it ended up I don't remember but if it was like a junior day or if I but yeah I mean this is this is way up there I mean you're talking you know two four stars you know every kid the, Willis okay. is the only kid that's not an 85 in the composite. Well, Mark, Marcus Peterson is the only kid, and that's because he's from Florida. I mean, he's the 101th ranked player in Florida, and he's the <laughs> 754th ranked player in the country. Yeah. But he's the only kid that's not in the top 57 in their state, and that's just because Tyrus Washington is 57. Right. Because he's from, like, Every one of these kids is an elite, elite player in their state. You know, how many? One, two, three, four, five, six of them are in the top 20. It's a pretty elite bunch. Yeah, and they're in Ohio, Alabama, Georgia, Pennsylvania, Illinois, and Florida. Like, those aren't like shabby states to be recruiting in. Yeah, the the staff is uh, is definitely taking things to a, a higher level. Um, did you see the Athlon article today? Athlon article, I did not. They 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 did their AAC preview today. Oh, I, I yeah, that was in the on the board yesterday, right? Uh, I saw it today. Yeah, which I. I have a bone to pick with them. They, they didn't even send me a magazine this year. I mean, they, you they wrote sent, you wrote the UC article. They didn't send you a they magazine. Sent, they sent me the check, so I shouldn't complain that much. Yeah. But, uh, they usually send you the check and the magazine. So I was. They told me I should get it here soon, and I got the check. But I was hoping to read <laughs> read my fine fine work. So they have Cincinnati number one. Uh, their their concern on offense is obviously replacing the tackles. Which did you write this part, or was this like nope, their no, summary? This, this is a, a poll from like, yeah, that's not. Okay. I read it. This is not from mine. I mean, I did like who's Harrison poll. Hill? What what have I missed? Who's Harrison Hill? He's a yeah, like uh, he was a transfer. I think last year from like Presbyterian or, or no um, Davidson. Oh. Big, okay. I mean, big, good-looking kid, but like, yeah, he's. And I don't think he's making an, an impact. Okay, I love previewing the defense strength, everything. everything. <laughs> I love oh, it. I mean, <laughs> concern not much. Why use not five much. words when one will do? <laughs> everything, strength, all of it, 
All of it. And they don't even mention Maje. No. So, yeah, I mean, it's... We've talked about it ad, ad nauseum, I feel like. I mean, good luck. Yeah. Two is UCF. Three, Houston. Four, SMU. Five, Tulane. Six, Tulsa. Seven, Memphis. Seven, that, Memphis that is one interesting. Su- that one surprised me. Like, I would, I mean, I have They're not just dug- expecting the offense to fall off a cliff. I have not dug in. You know, admittedly, I usually start digging in when I get the magazine. So I guess I'm going right. to have to buy it. Um, I just would not have would not have thought to put them, you know, that low. Eight, East Carolina. Nine, Navy. Ten, USF. Eleven, Temple. Boy, things are rough in Philly right I now. I mean, could they get kicked out of another conference? That, I mean, they're they're in a bad spot. I say that jokingly. The big, the the conference is in no position to ask no. anyone to leave. But like, but they're in a bad shit, spot. Are they terrible? They're in a bad bad spot. Uh, AAC championship: Cincinnati over Central Florida. I think that's pretty much where everybody is at right now. I would agree. Um, although, although, I, I say this somewhat wanting to then immediately retract it. Houston does not play UC or UCF. Yeah. They bring a bunch of dudes back. You got a bunch of transfers, power I mean, five is transfers. It, is it like all or nothing now for Holgo? Like I know he's boys with with uh Tillman. Tillman for like, Tata. The president said you get fired for going Nine and three. Well, they're not even going nine and three. Well, that yeah, that's if he was if he went nine and three, he would get fired. But he's going five and seven. So yeah, I mean, you fired you fired. uh, What's his name? A Major Applewhite. So yeah. Um, Houston's interesting. You're right because they they don't have UCF and Cincinnati on their schedule. Uh, superlatives and season predictions. Who's this Ben Ben Weinrib guy? W e i n r i b. I don't know. Should I know him? I don't know. He he does not like Cincinnati. Okay, that's fine. Offensive player of the year. Uh, they have three guys on this panel: Steve Lasan, Ben Weinrib, and Mark Ross. Okay. Lasan and Ross go Desmond Ritter. Weinrib goes Dylan Gabriel. I don't have a problem with that. I, yeah, Gabriel's the one I, I don't have an issue with Gabriel thinking of Gabriel as, you know, the guy that's going to put up the gaudy numbers. Although Malzahn's offense is not, is not I mean, similar. No, Dylan Gabriel, what, I thought might transfer because he does not fit what Gus really, really wants to do. But right. does Gus have a choice in year one? Correct. Like he wants a dude like here, King. Like when they went to the national championship at Auburn, he had, I forget what, now I've drawn a blank. The kid's name, first name was Nick, but like he wants that 5'11, six foot, mega, mega dual threat, um, you know, quarterback. And obviously, Dylan Gabriel is not that. I mean, he, there was a bunch of 
a bunch of hype made over them getting a, a recruit that kind of fits that mold. That's a wide receiver that Florida state really wanted. Well, I guess they got him in the 2021 class or something. So I'm sh- I wouldn't be surprised if they develop some sort of package for him, which would be great. Like, go ahead, take Dylan Gabriel out and put in this. Right. Guy. Um, <laughs> yeah, please do that. But I, you know, I don't have a problem if you want to say that Dylan Gabriel is going to have a sweet year. I mean, he's had a sweet year in yeah. every year already. He's so. he's probably going to put up more gaudy passing stats than Desmond Ritter. Oh, for sure. I mean, that's a given. But you know who was the offensive player of the year last year? Well, yeah. It wasn't was Dylan more, Gabriel. Who made more plays when their team needed it? Who was the more valuable player who had, you know. Right. Uh, defensive player of the year. Lasan and Ross, again, on the same page, although I disagree. Both say Ahmad Gardner. Weinrib, Hater, Morris Joseph. I don't even know who that guy is. I don't either. Who is that? I, I don't know. I mean, how could a guy on Memphis's defense that is was historically bad last year be in the running for defensive player of the year? I mean, even over like a guy like Jackson Player at Tulsa. And then they don't write about him in their previewing yeah. the defense. And like I don't I don't I wouldn't put sauce there either because he's just not going to get the opportunities. Yeah, they're not nobody's like, throwing, no one's throwing the ball at him. It's it's gonna be Maje Sanders. Like Maje gets double sacks, there's no chance he's not defensive player of the year. It's gonna be Maje Sanders. Coach of the year, Lasan and Ross on the same page again. Luke Fickle. Ben Weinrib? Gus Malzon. Gus Malzon. Who is this fucking guy? How do you spell his last name? W-E-I-N-R-I-B. He's an editor for Athlon. He's a big fan of baseball, along with Star Wars prequels and shiny Pokemons. And he lives in Nashville. He's from Nashville. So I just want to know what he's got against the Bearcats. Is he best well, friends with Jack his, Mack from Barstool? All of his tweets are about baseball. So wh- why is he talking? Like literally every single tweet. He has is about baseball. College baseball or just MLB? No, just baseball. Okay. Pretty much every single. T- I mean, I haven't seen one tweet about college football, and I'm on June seventh. Every single one is about baseball, Star Wars. So, like, what is? Why is he weighing in on college football? Top freshman. I'm not going to see a Bearcat here. I, you know. <laughs> I wouldn't think Pre- so. Preston Stone gets uh, Lassan Ross. Jaden Francois, DB at Central Florida. He went back to the Central Florida well. I mean, Are you sure he's not Pre- from Orlando? Preston Stone makes some sense, but like he's got to beat out Tanner Mordecai. Right. And maybe he plays, maybe they play both no matter what. And I don't know who the hell, what other, what other freshman are you going to pick besides the High four star kid. Like, I mean, I guess that makes the most sense. A random, a random DB from Central Florida. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's 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 do some digging here. We, Talk for a we, second, Dave. What are we digging on? 
I'm going to look at something. I'll, I'll talk about the playoff. and No, let's not do that yet. Like, okay. You know, well, I, I'm just – I, I want to see. I'm not looking at this uh, – the same list you're looking at, so. I'm, I'm looking specifically at UCF. I want to see, like, where this kid is at in their recruiting class. Oh, from 2021? Yeah. Like, if he's going to be the freshman of the year. Yeah, he better be, like, insane. UCF only has two commits. Yeah, everybody else besides UC isn't recruiting. Uh, How am I getting to this much faster than you are? I'm in it. The kid's not. Is he a red shirt? What's freshman? his name? Jaden Francois. so confused great radio great podcast. it is great radio without question he's not even in their 2020 class oh here yeah, he, he is. is he's a transfer he's a, from nebraska i'm so confused yeah he transferred from nebraska he in the 2020 season so he's like a he's not a freshman Homestead, Florida. Sorry, this took a little time to dig up, but pardon us for tracking down what we thought was somebody in the 2021 class. He's in the 2020 class. I'm guessing he he didn't spend any time actually at Nebraska. I mean, he enrolled January 13th, 2020. Entered the and then left. July 17th, 2020. Right. So he wasn't. He didn't even stay for the football season. Wow. Uh, yeah, that's going to be the freshman of the year. Okay. Okay. Uh, this is this is my favorite. Top newcomer, our buddy Ben Ben Weinrib. You know he's got his top newcomer in the American Conference? Jakari Robinson. Yep. <laughs> the guy's clearly, like, poking at Cincinnati, right? Uh, this can't it, be an accident. It seems it would... The evidence would suggest that that might be the case. He has to be poking at Cincinnati. This has to be a troll job. He is not. We are. We are through one, two, three, four, five, five different selections in the AAC. Let, let's let's scroll. He he only picked one. What he only picked Cincinnati for two things in this entire group. Win the conference. Well. That they didn't have that like oh, listed the, specifically by player. You mean best game, like, best game, Cincinnati mean, at Notre Dame. Okay. And then they all have the same best breakout player. Jerome Ford. Correct. Comeback player. Nobody listed for Cincinnati. Is there anybody that would fit comeback player? No, they all came back. But, true. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Nobody, well, uh, Charles McClellan. Chuck. But Chuck I mean, had a big year. Yeah. Uh Lasan and Weinroom have Cincinnati Notre Dame as the play as the must-see game. Uh Mark Ross has UCF at Cincinnati. Uh coach on the rise. Lasan and, and Ross have Luke Fickle. I'm confused. Uh, where else is he going? Like the Patriots? <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's he's risen. Like he, um, he, he done be rising. <laughs> right? 
like this is not three years ago. Where where, where else is he rising to? Uh, key position the, to watch the White House. Yeah, key position to watch. Lasan has Cincinnati offensive line. Agreed. Uh, Winder has Memphis quarterbacks, which is, is a huge storyline. Yeah, we got a bunch of transfers, uh, but you don't know if anybody can any of them can play. Right, and Ross has UCF defensive backs as key position to watch, which I think is fair. They're like replacing everybody there. Yep, they had two guys drafted pretty fairly high, which is clearly why this uh, Jaden Francois yeah, kid going is to be the be... newcomer of the year. Right. Yeah. Do uh, do you do you do you laugh at uh, nobody thinking to select the big man? No, not really. No. No, I mean, I look at it as kind of. They probably like, don't think like they probably don't think he's gonna. Jawan Briggs is gonna move up the depth chart enough, given what Cincinnati's returning. Right, and how you know what kind of impact are you? Can you really expect out of a defensive Free tack or five not, tack? Yeah, just, you know, it's not like he's a rush end that's coming in to like. You know, from an outsider's uh, perspective, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm just, it. I'm just saying, you know, you know what position he played in, well, yeah. in spring ball? Well, I know in. that, you know that, but they don't know that. Okay. One more here. Two more, but one more that I, I really want your opinion on. Okay. Best coordinator hire. It's unanimous. Jim Levitt. <laughs> well, I mean, are we comparing that to what they had before? I mean, I, I guess so, yeah. I mean, Jim Levitt can coach defense, so maybe he, if he doesn't have to worry about the other 50-something players on the roster, it's not an automatic seven points for the other team when they get go on the field for warm-ups. Um, yeah. But... Yeah, I kind of laugh at that a little bit. How is Mike Trestle being disrespected? Mike Trestle coached multiple top ten. Mike Trestle was the defensive coordinator for multiple top ten defenses in the Big Ten. Right. He was the defensive coordinator when they went to the playoff, right? He was. And just because we've elevated, and rightfully so, Marcus Freeman to such a pedestal, I think a lot of people are looking at Mike Trestle like a bad hire. No, I don't think I wouldn't say that. Bad? bad? No, not I wouldn't bad. Say not bad, but like as a I just think that, step that down they, I no, I would say it's that way because there's so many dudes coming back that they that people might feel that this defense can just kind of roll out there and do what they did no matter what. Yeah. And that we know that. that's not true, but you know, I'm not I don't think it's like a disrespect thing. I think it's like dudes walking into an unbelievably great situation like good or bad, like how big of a difference is he really going to make, I think is the, maybe the thought process from outside people. Yeah. I just look, I think Mike Trestle is a pretty damn good hire. Oh, I think it's a, I mean, I think it's a better hire than Jim Levin. 
Yes. But does Jim Levitt's defense, does Jim Levitt make a bigger impact because he has more room to make I mean, an SMU's impact? SMU's defense was dreadful. So, right. sure. I think that's probably the way uh, it might be getting looked at. Okay. Like, who's, gonna, who's making the bigger impact? Not who's the be- better, best coach, but, like, who is, like, okay, that guy's going to make a pretty big impact. Yeah. All right, fair enough. I just wanted to go through that. We're, we're, we're going long again. I don't want to go two hours. So I'm, I'm not going two hours. So. <laughs> uh, Basketball-wise, not a whole lot going on. Um, Wes Miller, again, continues to push all the right buttons. Monday night, he shows up at the uh, fundraiser for the Norma Ray Huggins endowment to build a cancer center in Morgantown. Uh, Thursday, he invites the 1961 team to practice, has them out on the floor with the team after practice. I don't know. I think he's going to be a good coach. I don't know if he's going to be a good coach. <laughs> but has he pushed a wrong button yet? I mean, no. I mean, what what could possibly be thought of as, as like a misstep? Right. Well, my point being, he's he's gone out of his way to push all of the right buttons. Former players involved. For old teams involved talking with Mick all the time, getting to know hugs. Like he has embraced Cincinnati basketball and done literally everything right. It'll be interesting to see how much goodwill it buys him, right? Yeah. Because I don't know that they're going to be good right away. I'm, I mean, are you really expecting them to be? No, I think they got some pieces. I think they can be okay year one. Right. Um, none of the pieces have ever played together. Right. Like that's, you know, it, th- those things are going to take some time. Absolutely. Uh, but I'm interested to see how much goodwill all of this, like, like buys him because he's done literally everything right. Every oh, we know how that works. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't. He loses buy. two well, games in December. I'm sorry. December. Uh, let me step back. Unless you're the Reds, uh, <laughs> it doesn't buy you anything. The Reds put on shiny, you know, objects and presentations in December. And for some reason that has bought them 20 years of sucking and no one really caring about that. And it's probably bad timing to talk shit about the Reds, isn't it? No, it's never bad timing for me. They, they've stunk they've, for 20 years. Great. They've, they've, won they've had a good two weeks. Maybe give it a rest until week. I come back from vacation and they're, they're, they're back to being 500. My team's better. So whatever. Not not with DeGrom out there, not. <laughs> He's not out. He pitched three innings yesterday. Yeah, he pitched five the game before. They're running him into the ground. <laughs> um, but, yeah, Wes has just done everything right so far, and it just continues week by week. Every week it seems like there's something new, that, that, that the, a new button that he pushes to get the fan base on his side. For sure. I mean – and these are all things, too, that, like, a lot of them, at least, to me, I wouldn't, difficult. Think, I wouldn't think, but I wouldn't think twice about if he wasn't doing these things. Like, it wouldn't be like, a, I can't believe Wes didn't invite the 61. Right, that's what practice. I'm saying, right. Or I can't believe he didn't show up to the 
Huggins thing. Like him not going to me is not a a detriment. Like it's just a like I wouldn't expect it to. I'm like, dude's busy. He's coaching his right. team. He's recruiting. Like I don't expect him to do these things. But he does. Uh, I did. I did get a little bit of word from uh, from Open Gym recently, and uh, it sounds like somebody's starting to uh, to get back into form because there have been quite a few people uh, over the past week that have been been talking positively about the progress of Victor Lockett. Been shooting the three pretty well, crafty around the rim, can finish with either hand. Still don't know if he can guard a chair. <laughs> uh, but offensively, it sounds like as he is is getting his legs back and, and starting to get back into the flow of playing basketball after missing 14 months, that uh, there's actually some some promise for the big fella at, you know, 6'10", 6'10 and a half, 240 pounds. <clears throat> so long term, I think that's very good to hear. So like 2024? No, I think – if he continues at this rate, I, I think you could see him used a little bit this year. I mean, I don't know how much they're going to need him because they've where's, got enough where size. Where would he even play with these other guys they have in on the roster? Well, that's that's what I'm saying. I don't know how much he's going to see the court this year because there's so much size. But guess what? Koval and Ado are here this year. And that's right. It. I mean, they're 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 done. You desperately need a legit five after this year. And if Vic can be that, like that's a huge shot in the arm that you don't have to go out and find either via recruiting or the transfer portal. Right, for sure. So uh, Hayden Koval is another one I, I continue to hear. Not Hayden Koval, but sorry, Jared Hensley is another one I continue to hear very good things about. Uh, six eight, six eight and a half. Apparently, and this is not a surprise. Uh, I I told somebody today, uh, close to the program, that I, I think. Looking back, the move that they made that's going to, and I, this isn't a surprise to anybody, but th this person was raving to me about, you know, how Koval is, is doing in the weight room and how much better his body looks and how it's helping uh, Hensley, you know, bulk up and, and look better than he's ever looked before. And uh, I said, I mean, there's going to be a point where you, you guys look back and realize the best hire you made, the best move you made in coming to Cincinnati was bringing back Mike Rayfield. Oh, for sure. I mean, it's just like the stuff we talk about with, with Brady, Brady, like they, those guys are around the players more than anybody else. They have more impact on no granted. They don't, you know, from a skill development standpoint, no, but like, they're around the players more than anybody. They, and especially in this league, like it's it was blatantly obvious the last two years that those dudes couldn't couldn't hang. Now Mike was here two years ago. No, well, I mean, they yeah. could hang. I mean, they they won the the regular well, season championship. Jared and Trey. I'm talking about the the younger guys. The young guys. Yeah, it took them a little while to get to get where they needed to go. And I, you know, I think. Mike is just a huge reason why. And you, you know, I don't want to disparage anybody, but 
we've, we've well moved past that part. But, yeah, I mean, he's a huge, huge asset. We know that. We knew that when Mick was here. We know that now. Everybody's very happy to have him back. Let's just say that. Yes. But uh, I don't know. I don't have a whole lot more today. Uh, the guy that complained about not enough basketball last week is going to be really pissed this week. I'm sorry. <laughs> we, sorry. You wanna, I, do have a, I do have a piece of information. Should, should we guess starting lineup? Should we guess conference schedule? Should what, no. else, what else should we guess on? I do have a piece of information. What's that information? The team will be complete tomorrow. The what? The team will be complete. The roster will be complete tomorrow. It's not complete now? No. Oh. Okay. John Newman arrives on campus tomorrow. Oh, all right. Wonderful. He, he's the one guy that had yet to get here. He was finishing up his, his associate or, you know, his, his under, undergraduate degree at uh, Clemson. And that is now complete. And he is expected to get to town tomorrow and get to work being a Bearcat. Lovely. So there's your insider news for the end of this podcast. Before we go, I do want to give a hat tip to, to Aaron Smith and, and Brett Stein. They are doing uh, an excellent job this June covering the return of recruiting. So I wanted to give those guys a little hat tip and say, good work. boy. They've done a good job. Aaron has taken two, right? He's written some good recruiting articles. He has. I've enjoyed them. That's good. You don't enjoy much. Oh, that's silly. <laughs> and I enjoy plenty of things. Usually not recruiting articles. No, I enjoy them just <laughs> fine. But those guys have done a good job, so I wanted to give them a hat tip. They have, uh, they have kept things churning and uh, kept things fun as we move through June and get ready for July. Uh, and and we're, we're, what, five and a half, six weeks away from camp? Yeah, I mean, we're like 70, low 70s, high 60 days from the season, man. Football. <laughs> Heck yeah. So that's why we've been talking more football lately. Do you Football's think the, much closer. Do you think the, um, the oven, do you think you'll be make, making any cookies? I mean, obviously, if anybody if anybody's gonna pop this weekend, I think Ken Willis is the one to uh, to keep an eye on. Right. I didn't know and, maybe if, if we had if any little birdies thought dessert would be in order. I don't know. I I, I got a I got one of my little birdies called as we were in the middle of this podcast. So oh, I called them back. Oh god! So people want well, people are hang up. End the podcast. They want you <laughs> to talk. Got to get that info. Got to get that info. We've been crushing the info game. Find find anywhere that's been providing info quite like us this month. Well, find anywhere that (laughs) ever. Let's be honest. Justin Justin does a good job. It's a different game. It is. It is. It's a different game, and that's why we get along with Justin. That's why we work well together. Like we both understand. You know. Our our uh, our game, our lane. Yeah, exactly. Not stepping on each other's toes. Sometimes lanes merge. You never know. You never. Hey, <laughs> you, you never know. You never know. All right, that's gonna wrap it up. 
I gotta I gotta tweet tweet and call my little birdies. So uh, that's gonna wrap it I up. I gotta for watch the rest of this golf. So I, I love love love, love West Coast majors. Oh yeah, it's on until at least ten, maybe longer, because there was a hour and a half fog delay this morning. Oh Christ! So yeah, all right. I got I got radio tomorrow, so I gotta watch the Reds. All right, so, have fun. I most certainly shall have fun. You have fun as well watching golf. And uh, I'm not sure what next week holds. I'm going to be on vacation. Uh, I don't know the looks I will get from my family if I inform them that I have to go do podcasts. I think they probably understand by now. Maybe that- maybe I should join the BBP podcast. Yeah, but I mean, I guess I you've got my, you've got my login stuff still, don't you? Uh, I'm sure you could give it to me. Yeah. <laughs> but... Uh, I, I don't know where that would be if I did from our one f- super, super failed attempt <laughs> yeah. uh, getting a guest that we had wanted forever and then messing that whole thing up for about 15 minutes. So, yeah, he only had 30. We messed up 15. What can you do? So maybe we just take a, you know, maybe we just take a break. Take a one week June hiatus and, yeah. uh, and, and come back stronger than ever. I mean, unless there's like a bunch of commits, what the hell are you and I going to talk about? I don't know. I mean, the problem is, I don't know if I'm like Monday, I'm going to be on the road. I don't know, like the BBP, I don't know how the BBP gets done. Yeah. So, so maybe, maybe it's, uh, you know, we just take a week off, then come back, come back raring to go. <laughs> be heading into July. Yeah. Right right around the corner to higher ground. I don't know. You know me. I'm a I'm a slave to the content. Oh so. yeah. We don't we don't want to leave the uh leave the folks hanging. I mean they they rely on on us to get through their work days Look, apparently. You, you know you have no idea if we don't do a show, how many times I get hit up like, hey, where's the show? What, what, what's going on this week? I'm like, oh, you know, Dave's on vacation or, or something happened. Like, sorry, we, we, my bad. Like we mess up their week <laughs> if we don't do a show. For sure. So, maybe, well, maybe if we don't do a show, we'll have to come back with like a super guest. Maybe that's what we do is we try to take, take this time to find a really, really great guest and come back with that. Cause we've gone a couple, couple weeks now without a guest. We had Denbrock on last week, didn't we? Oh, that's right. We did. I mean, that was that's a pretty, week. oh yeah, a pretty damn big guest, office coordinator. Maybe we get, uh, maybe we could get the guest. I could probably get the guest. Yeah, he, he has not done the BCJ podcast yet. Yes, he has. No, he has not. Not with me. Oh yeah, he hasn't done. It's, we, He's always done like the him. preview, like the spring practice preview or the season. He has not done the, the actual podcast yet. True. You know, who I would we'll like to, you know who I would like to have on the podcast if we're just throwing out ideas? I would like to have Greg Scruggs on the podcast. I think he'd be a good one. I think he would be a good one. I'll check on that. I'll see if he's willing to do something of that nature. Yeah. All right. I got to go. Okay. So let's get out of here. He's Dave Simone. I'm Chad Brendel. Thanks for listening. We'll see you maybe next week.
Maybe, Maybe not. not. I don't know yet. I don't know yet. It's the fun of having your own podcast. It's maybe, the holy beat. maybe in the future you can place bets on whether the podcast happens on a Wednesday or maybe a Thursday. Yeah, you could do that. And then we could rig it. We could rig the numbers, right? Yeah, we'll cook the books. <laughs> All right. It's the Holy Grail BCJ podcast right here on BearcatJournal.com.